This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Nay Never podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, hello. Hello, Natalie. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Dave, guess what? What? We've got another special guest. We're not on our own tonight. This is exciting. Uh, Listeners, we have not got this week, I think we mentioned this last week, we haven't got a full uh, Fantasy Premier League update for you this week because we're in between game weeks. So instead, we decided to invite onto the show one of our current top 10 managers who is in the hunt for first place. Can you all give a big friendly, none and ever preview show welcome to Adam Dennett. Adam, welcome. Hiya. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, it's exciting. It's very good. Well, Adam's going to stay with us for the full show, so we're going to get his thoughts. But we, uh, rather than uh, get a fantasy football update, we're going to speak to Adam a little bit later on and get his thoughts. We want, I need some hints and tips, Adam, as as is well documented. I'm not very good at fantasy football and Dave shouts at me every single week for being generally quite rubbish. Um, so I'm going to get the hints and tips from you. I'm going to find out what, what makes a top 10 manager. I've been looking at both your teams today. So... Oh, dear. I'll uh, hopefully be able to give you a couple of couple of points. Is it is it too late in the day for me, Adam? Am I am I a lost cause? It might be about preparing more for next season, but, um, <laughs> but there's a few things that might might help you for the rest of this year. Break the top two hundred. Oh God! Look at this first first appearance on the Non and Ever podcast, and he's handling questions like an absolute pro. The future is bright. The future is very bright. Um, <laughs> But Dave, before we get on to that, let's uh, let's get ahead with what we need to do. Now, before we get into this week's preview, we have a quiz question that we need to um, give an answer to. Now, this was the question that we gave our listeners at the end of the Manchester United preview show, which was, Ray Hankin scored for Burnley in a 2-1 defeat at Old Trafford in December 1975 in our last season in the Old First Division. 
But after this, which Burnley player was the next to score for the Clarets against Manchester United at Old Trafford? Dave, what was the correct answer? Well, it wasn't Adrian Heath. <laughs> Who'd guess Adrian when, Heath? When we came off air, that was uh, Natalie's <laughs> first guess, was Adrian Heath. Um, I was so sure I'd got that yeah, right. I'm fairly sure that Adrian Heath didn't play for Burnley against Manchester United. We did have, we did actually play... Um, I think it was a League Cup game against them in the mid-1980s. We didn't score. I think we lost uh, 4-0 at Old Trafford, so there wasn't a Burnley uh, player scoring yeah. in that game. Uh, so the correct, I wasn't at that game either. <laughs> so the correct answer was a little bit more up-to-date, and it was uh, from a match in February 2015, uh, a match which Burnley were playing in the tinfoil third kit, for those who remember uh, uh, that uh, oh, monstrosity. Um, it was Danny Ings. He, he scored uh, the goal in a 3-1 defeat. Excellent. Now, we know that special guest Adam... Adam, you got this right, didn't you? You got this straight away. Uh, yeah, we're, um, I were there for that game. Uh, I remember a fan in front... I think um, Phil Jones went off injured early and a fan in front of me said... Uh, and Chris Smalling wandered on. Uh, and a fan in front of me said, oh, he's, he's rubbish too. He's worse than that, <laughs> but, um, Whatever, and then I think he scored from the next corner and scored again later on. And uh, but yeah, um, all all my wife's family are uh, Man United fans, so um, I think that it was nice to be able to celebrate a goal for the first time at Old Trafford. Um, oh, what a lovely uh, moment! Growing up with her team being quite a lot higher up the leagues than uh, than Burnley, so yeah, that were a good moment. Just a bit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely the first time that you got bragging rights in a, in a, in a while, Adam, for sure. Um, <laughs> did we get any other correct answers, young Dave? Uh, we did. Adrian Caton was uh, in touch with the correct answer. He got his answer in nice and early this time after a little bit of controversy last time about uh, just getting his answer in just before we recorded. Uh, David Entwistle knew the correct answer, as did uh, John Robertson. Excellent. Three uh, quiz regulars all knew the correct answer. Definitely, definitely. And who may or may not use Google. Um well, do stay tuned. <laughs> do stay tuned, listeners, because as always, there is going to be another much-loved quiz question for you at the end of the show. So don't go anywhere and let's see what Adrian Heath question young Dave can give us this week. Opposition stats. Okay, Dave, let's move on. We have a match to preview. None of this nonsense about quiz shows. We are, of course, looking ahead to this weekend's Clarets Premier League fixture. It's away at Wolverhampton Wanderers, Sunday the 25th of April at 12 noon, live on BBC One. So why don't you kick us off, Dave, with recent history about this fixture? Yeah, well, this Sunday's match will be the sixth time that Burnley have travelled to play at Molyneux since our first promotion to the Premier League in 2009. However, it'll just be the fourth time in the Premier League. Uh, the previous three Premier League seasons in which our paths have met have yet to provide a Burnley away win. Uh, we lost 2-0 in our first Premier League campaign. That was a match in December 2009. And it wasn't until the 2018-19 season that our paths met again in the top flight. Uh, and that visit ended in a 1-0 defeat. The most recent meeting last season ended as a 1-1 draw although it took a disputed injury time penalty for the home side to equalise. Um, in between times, there were a couple of seasons in the Championship together. Uh, in those two seasons, we were unbeaten at Molyneux. In December 2015, the match there ended as a goalless draw, but our most recent victory there was in April 2013. And for yet another totally seamless transition, the match is also the subject of our next section. Oh, Dave, it's almost like we plan these podcasts. Highlights! 
and lowlights. Well, let's move on to that next section, please, because we are, of course, on the highlights and lowlights. And kicking us off with the correct order of highlight first, what did you pick? Well, yeah, we're going back to that game from uh, April 2013. Um, an early goal from uh, Danny Ings, who we've mentioned once already uh, this episode, uh, and another from uh, Martin Patterson, that was early in the second half, gave Burnley a 2-0 lead. Uh, and despite the sending off of Michael Duff and a goal from Nua Dicko, uh, Burnley hung on for a 2-1 win. Uh, that was a result which effectively confirmed that we would remain in the Championship. It meant we were safe for another season. Um, and it all but resigned Wolves to relegation to the third tier. It's uh, easy to forget that they were mm. uh, uh, down that far uh, that recently. Um, there was actually a pitch invasion and some pleasant scenes after the final whistle from protesting Wolves fans. Uh, but that result and the fact that it enabled us to come back and have such a successful campaign uh, the following season, and that was in 2013-14, is why we've chosen this match as our highlight for this episode. Good choice, Dave. I, I approve of said choice. Um, on the flip side, then, what have you picked as our low light for this week? Well, sadly, there have been quite a lot of low lights for Burnley fans travelling to, to see the team play at Wolves over the years, uh, but one of the most surprising was a loss there in late March 1960 before my time and before uh, before your time, probably before the time of uh, a lot of people listening to this. Um, but in particular for that match, it was the manner of the defeat. Uh, Burnley was still well up towards the top of the table, challenging for the league title. That was along with Spurs and Wolves. In addition, the home side had just beaten Aston Villa to reach the FA Cup final against our near neighbours who play in blue and white. Boo! They, they won 3-0. Boo! Uh, no, that's good. Oh, is it? They, Wolves won the FA Cup final 3-0. Ah, OK, sorry, I thought you were having a... They beat, they beat them, yes. Ah, OK, OK. Yay. And, and a, a, a certain player broke his leg, but he doesn't like, never likes to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, was that that game? <clears throat> yeah. My goodness, yes. With that mm-hmm. very well-documented leg break. Probably the most famous leg break in the history of the world. Hardly mentioned, all these days. But uh, back to the game. Uh, this was the one in March 1960. The Clarets were played off the park. Uh, the match finished 6-1, and it put a serious dent in Burnley's title challenge, although we did still have two games in hand at this stage. Thankfully, as we know, this story had a happy ending, and a 2-1 win against Manchester City, which was the last league match to be played that season, clinched the Division 1 title to ensure that Burnley were champions of England for the second time in our illustrious history. Excellent. I bet John Robertson was at that game. The rest of us weren't, but I bet he was there. Fixture flashback! Um, moving on then to the first of our new features for this. A uh, bit of a hit and miss feature, this one. I think it might. Um, I think we might have to release it from its contract at the end of this season, won't we, Dave? But it's, of course, the fixture flashback feature, which is, we keep telling you, your chance to get involved in the preview show because we're going to ask you each week to send us your match day memories from a particular game from the past against our next opponents. We didn't get any this week. Nobody really wants to tell us about Wolverhampton Wanderers Away. To be fair, I'm not entirely sure I've got that many memories of Wolverhampton Wanderers Away. I think the main thing that I... I don't know also why I'm calling them by their Sunday name, Wolves. Um, I think that the main thing that always sticks out for me to go into away games of Wolves, and I don't know if they still do it, but the coaches always used to park up on that tiny little like shopping arcade about 20 minutes walk from the ground at the top of a really big hill. There was like an off license and a bookmakers and stuff. And then the police like literally walked you down to the ground, which I always thought was quite a bizarre strategy. If you're wanting to parade away fans and keep them out of trouble, that you would make them park 
so far away from the ground and then just walk them in. But, but anyway, um, but I think, Dave, you have got a, a, a wolf's memory, haven't you? You're going to talk about in the next section. Um, so why don't you just tell our listeners how they can please send us their fixture flashbacks for next week? Uh, yeah, well, after a couple of really good contributions last week, we have drawn a blank, uh, but we would like to hear more listener memories of matches for our remaining previews of the current season. Um, as always, you can DM us on Twitter, that's at never, or send us an email, podcast at never.net. Although we're happy to read out written submissions, we're sure you'll agree that the audio recordings are much better. Um, We've mentioned this before, but if you're not comfortable making the recording yourself on your own device, uh, there's actually a website that helps you to do it. And the easiest website to use to make a recording and just send us a link rather than having to um, send the file through is vocaroo.com. That's uh, V-O-C-A-R-O-O.com bockaroo.com that's free to use no registration required and the people who have used it this season have found it really simple so we'd like you to have a go uh, and help us out for the um, remaining fixtures excellent Um, and it will going to be your last chance because I think we're going to bin it next year so um, if you know don't wait guys if you want to now's your chance get those sent in heroes and villains Okay, Dave, my favourite section, heroes and villains. Why don't you start with who you've picked for your hero, please, for this fixture? Yeah, well, we've already mentioned our most recent win at Molyneux as this week's highlight. So for our hero this week, we've gone back a little bit further. And this is to a championship game that took place back in 2005. Um, It was a Friday night game which was broadcast on Sky Sports and Burnley weren't expected to win. 324 Clarets fans made the trip. Uh, but many more tuned in to watch it on the TV. However, after 23 minutes, a clever free-kick routine, which started with a mock argument and a push, ended with Gareth O'Connor driving a low shot past Michael Oakes and into the net. Glenn Hoddle's Wolves were unable to find a reply, with some backs-of-the-wall defending for the remainder of the match, enabling Burnley to cling on to the lead and earn all three points. So for his clever free kick, Gareth O'Connor is our hero this week. And going back to the previous section, what I was saying about uh, memories, um, this was a match that I was at, actually. I I, I went to the match. I wasn't one of the 324 um, Clarets fans in the away end, but it was one of the first matches I'd actually done um, with Phil Bird on the Clarets World, as it was then, not Clarets Player, Clarets World, um, uh, doing the commentary for the game and gone down for that. And it was... uh, yeah, really exciting game. Burnley got the lead. We weren't expected to win. And it was one of those games where you came away after 90 minutes thinking, how did we get three points in that game? But we did. Yeah. We got we got the win, got the three points. And we you know we got into the tunnel and with the players afterwards and, and, and doing all the player interviews. That was a really good experience and uh, a really good win for Burnley on the road. Yeah, I, think, I, I can't remember how we've gone a lot of games without winning an away game. So it was a, a relief as well to get a, an away win at that time. Yeah, I was at that game as well. I remember it distinctly. I do remember that game, Adam. I think you were nodding when you were listening to to what Dave was saying. I think that's one that sticks out, doesn't it, to a lot of us? Uh, yeah, I remember remember the goal, and um, I think yeah, just not not really expecting much from the game, and um, and that Gareth O'Connor kind of free kick went in low to the low to keepers left. Oh God, um, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, just sticks in sticks in the mind. Um, yeah, not. I, don't know, I was looking today and I couldn't believe how many games, how many years we went without beating Wolves. I know, yeah. Um, I don't know whether that was the first one in a long time, but the record against them is terrible over the years. Yeah, so. it really is. Yeah, any any win there is uh, which doesn't bode well win. for the weekend. 
No, um, I'm confident for this weekend. I don't know why, but um, but yeah, I've not I've not seen us win there. Actually, I've been I've been three or four times and, and never seen us win. I've not been like we like you say we have won there a couple of times. But I've not I've not seen us win there. Yeah, I've seen. I was at that game, but that's the only one that I've I've seen. But this is exciting. I'm actually going to have a positive pre-match build-up rather than Dave saying, <laughs> "Oh, I'm going to go for a draw," which is what he does when he doesn't think that we think that we're going to get beat. Um, I, I don't even ask this because I don't. I, I can see the visuals and I can see. I have no idea where this is going. So, listeners, forgive whatever's about to come next, but Dave, what have you picked as your villain, please? Well, we'll give some background to this. We actually tweeted out earlier in the day to uh, try and get some feedback to see if anyone could guess who we were going to choose as the villain for this, epi- uh, for this episode. Um, surprisingly, no one guessed correctly, and uh, perhaps uh, when I explain who or what the villain is, that that will um, start to make some sense. And it's usually the case that we select an opposition player or occasionally an opposition manager as our villain, although in some exceptional cases in the past, it's been an official who's made a ridiculous blunder. Uh, But for this episode, the villain is none of these. Instead, we've chosen someone, or rather, something else, from our match at Molyneux in November uh, 2015. Um, You may recall that Pep Guardiola and Mikel Arteta both cited the length of the grass on the Turf Moor pitch as a reason for them struggling in a match. Uh, Their claims were patently ludicrous, as the Premier League has very strict rules over the length of the grass on the pitch. They even have a device they have to bring out to have the grass at the, uh, the correct length. However, there are no such rules in the EFL, and the Wolverhampton Wanderers groundsman presumably under instruction from the manager, Kenny Jackett, certainly made sure that the grass was too long for a flowing game of football. It frustrated Burnley and led to a very negative game of football in which the ball would just not run properly, um, and it ended nil-nil. Ironically, after the game was over, a fleet of mowers were straight on the pitch to cut the grass back down to a more reasonable length. So, for the extreme gamesmanship, or bad sportsmanship, depending on your view, from the Wolves management and ground staff, the villain this week is the Molyneux pitch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's uh, that's probably one of our most left field <laughs> villains that we've had this season. I like I like that you're thinking out the box, Dave. I think it's uh, to be honest, we've had worse. When you started trying to, you know, some of the characters you put in the villain section, I think uh, I'll take the Molyneux pitch for sure. Um, <laughs> finally, then in the build up to the game, um, who is our man in the middle, please? Who's going to be refereeing? Uh, Darren England of Barnsley is a relatively new addition to the elite select one group of referees, having been promoted to the top list prior to the start of this season. Um, and this will be his first ever Premier League game involving Burnley, in which he's taken charge. Um, in fact, it'll be just his 11th Premier League game uh, in the middle in total. Um, he's taken charge of two previous cup matches involving Burnley. Uh, both of those were at Turf Moor and both ended in Burnley defeats. They were the Carabao Cup game versus Sunderland. That was in August 2019. Um, and also this season's FA Cup defeat to Bournemouth back in February. Uh, The video assistant referee on Sunday will be Michael Oliver, who's recently been announced as the referee for this season's FA Cup final. Excellent stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave uh, Roberts. I know you want to treat our listeners. So why don't you delve deep into the bank of Dave and let our listeners have your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. 
Yeah, this week's stat uh, of the week relates back to something we haven't mentioned yet during this episode, and that's Burnley's last top flight win against Wolves. Uh, And that goes back all the way to September 1973. Uh, To set the scene, Edward Heath was residing in number 10 Downing Street, and Young Love by Donny Osmond was number one on the UK singles chart. On the same day, the IRA detonated bombs in central Manchester and also at Victoria Station in London. Burnley Football Club was on a high, though, after a second division title win in 1972-73, followed by a 1-0 win over Manchester City in the Charity Shield and a very good start to the season back in the top flight. After a goalless first half, Frank Casper broke the deadlock three minutes after the break with a shot past Phil Parks from the edge of the box. And Jeff Nulty headed the ball in past Parks from Doug Collins' free kick to double the lead and make certain of the victory. The brief match report in the Sunday People said this, Burnley are already playing as if the first division title is theirs. These boys are not just confident, they are cocky. With four wins and a draw from our first five league games, Burnley was second in the table behind Leeds United, who had won all of their first five league games. That is a good start and something I'd like to see more of in the press. I'd like to hear our Burnley boys being described as confident and cocky. I think... uh... Would be uh, be a good sign. Um, well, before we the the three of us come on to talk about the game at the weekend, we did manage to get an opposition view for you this week. We spoke to Stu Hall from Wolves Fancast, who gave us his thoughts ahead of the game. Opposition view. Hello, guys. This is Stu from the Wolves Fancast here. I mean, uh, talking about our season, it's it's a weird one because it's been the most disappointing for three or four years. But on our rise of success. Um, it's kind of from the outside looking in you'd expect something like this to happen and Raul Jimenez being missing and everything like that but it does go a lot deeper than that the tactics have not been great it's been a case of safety first at all costs and giving away silly leads and not going for games when we were no disrespect against teams at the bottom of the league and towards the bottom of the league and that's been our problem for a while it's and that kind of leads on to the lineup really because it's uh, from me personally and a lot of fans now that we're safe we'll be calling for a bit of experimentation now, a bit of excitement because we're all in this together obviously watching on telly is not great but it's been really boring and when we got promoting it was a case of our oh, wolves are exciting to watch they take it to teams that they put themselves out a bit and we haven't been like that for nearly 12 months now. And that's not really the identity that we were kind of built on. And you know, it's all, it's all, to say it's all come toppling down is a bit of an overstatement, I suppose. But there's signs and there's cracks there that are worrying. And it's just one of those things where we've got a, a style of play here we play with three at the back. That hasn't changed until this season and uh, necessity. And then we've tried four at the back several times and it's been absolute chaos. Yeah, we create more chances, but we can see a lot more goals as well. So I think Nuno's gone back to playing with a back three just to shoot up shop, get us over the line. Um, but now that's done, there's no excuse not to experiment. So personally, I'd hope for four at the back and try that and trying to be exciting and less boring, um, so to speak. But if I was putting money on it, I'd say we'd be our standard three at the back, one up front. Wingers, I mean, Pedence and Domitrora with Neto being out as well. Um, 
but yeah, the, the team kind of picks itself at the minute because we've we've suffered with injuries, but so has everyone else. It's not an excuse; it's just a fact. But well, if I was going for a score prediction as well, it would be more in, on your side of things than mine. Um, just for how things have gone recently with Wolves and Burnley. And I remember that before Nuno came here and we always looked forward to playing Burnley because it was almost a guaranteed three points and now it's it's almost role reversal and we can't deal with your, your tactics and you do us over time and time again. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. they've put us on the graveyard shift on BBC, haven't they, on, um, on a Sunday morning. So... As long as we don't, as long as it's entertaining at this point of the season, I just want entertainment and not to be bored anymore. Um, so personally, I, even if it was two-two, and it was it was something like that. Um, but if I was, like I said earlier, if I was putting money on it, I would say uh, drab one-one again. Um, yeah, as a, a quick aside, I mean, fender members of the football league and all that stuff with the um, the Super League nonsense this week. Obviously, we were all in the same boat. Completely ridiculous. Um, glad, obviously, that they um, they went back on the decision. And but in a way, it would have been interesting to see a Premier League of almost equal measure rather than them six at the top. But being honest, they are the selling points in the league, ain't they? So they've come back with a tail between the legs now. And personally, I would have sanctions against them because you can't get away with doing things like that. If if they're not punished this time, they'll try it again in five, ten years' time. And who's to say that whoever's in charge then wouldn't push it through? So I'd dock them 10, 15 points and just let them deal with it. They need to be shown and made a lesson of. It's happened to teams all down the leagues. Yeah, it's not fair on the fans, but it never is in these circumstances, is it? So personally, that's what I'd do. Um, And I think a lot of Wolves fans think the same as well, but... Yeah, thankfully that's all in the past now and we can just get back to being Wolves and Burnley in the Premier League, which, let's be honest, yeah, that's 20 years has not been always the case. So, yeah, take care, guys. Enjoy the game. So, Adam, you were saying earlier on that you were feeling really confident about um, this game of the weekend. God knows why, given those stats that you've just heard. <laughs> but what is it about this weekend that's making you feel that we're going we're gonna to do good? Uh, I just think... Um, Wolves have got quite a few attacking players uh, missing. Uh, Jimenez, I don't think there's any sign of him coming back yet, uh, even though he's been pictured training. Neto's injured. They've just looked a bit blunt the last few weeks. I know they've got Traore, um, who's always a threat, but we, we bullied him at Turf Moor. And I, I just think, I've got I just got a mm. feeling that we could see a, a, a Palace or a, an Everton um, performance. Uh, oh, that'd be nice. Coming up, uh, we always seem to pull it out of the bag when, whenever I'm feeling really negative about um, Burnley under Daesh, he just finds something from somewhere. Um, I think he always says, don't, <laughs> yeah, he, don't he has a to. habit of doing that, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, like after seven games this year, I, th- I said we were gone halfway through 18 19. Our, Me too. Yeah, relegation done. Uh, like, never, never ever been any, anywhere close to wanting Daesh out ever but there's no. times where I've thought yeah this isn't gonna gonna end well and the, there's always an upturn in fortune so there's always that hope uh that it will be this week and yeah I just I just fancy us good no I like this um do you think the bottom three is the bottom three do you think job's done uh 
I don't think job's done, but um, I hope the bottom three, the bo- uh, the bottom three is the bottom three. Uh, we're driving home from work on um, Sundays. Arsenal scored the equaliser and celebrated almost like a Burnley goal. Um, <laughs> Same. So I think that there's there's no way that you can um, ever feel safe. I think when you're a fan in and around the bottom of the table, mm. no matter how many um, people say, oh, you'll be all right, you'll be all right. There's always always that nagging doubt in your mind. So until, yeah, I, I do is. think it will only take one um, one more win um, and may, maybe a couple of draws. But um, yeah, hopefully it'll be this weekend and uh, so we don't have to panic. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because if if we lose this weekend and Fulham win, it's just gonna be like, oh, no, I can't, I can't be doing with this. But I don't, I don't want to be going oh. into that Fulham game with it meaning something. Because yeah. quite frankly, I don't think my heart will take the pressure. I really don't. Um, Especially with it being on a Monday night, like Dave yeah. mentioned, oh, it's like all weekend waiting for it, it'd just yeah. be, it'd be horrible. Um, Can I just say, I'm really sorry yeah. to go back on something. Um, no, it's okay. Do you know you're like the stat man, Dave? When did it? It always surprised me looking back and seeing Burnley had won the Charity Shield um, in the seventies. When did they change it to the league and the FA Cup winner instead of league and Division Two? Do don't worry if you don't know. But I just it always intrigued me as I've always known it growing up as the league winners versus the FA Cup, and it kind of surprised me when when I was growing up and saw that we'd won it, and obviously we'd not won a title or an FA Cup since uh, nineteen sixty. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, it always used to be that we didn't have the prestige. So quite often the, uh, the the league winners and the FA Cup winners declined the invitation, and they had to find two other teams. That was the case when uh, Bur- Burnley got through as the Division Two champions. Man City got through because they'd actually won the Charity Shield the previous year. And um, also, they was played at um, away from Wembley. I think the following season was the first time it went to Wembley. That was the famous one where. Um, Keegan was sent off, if you remember, at the uh, start of the... Uh, well, I can't remember during the game, but the, the two players sent off, Keegan was one of them, wasn't he? Um, and that was the following season. They moved it to Wembley. It was more of a show, showcase game. And I think pretty much after that point, it That's was always the... Um, I shouldn't the have doubted that, that, uh, that you might not know that. Burnley were the <laughs> last was that, was that a the, planted uh, question, Adam? Did you come in here trying to catch me no, so no, just uh, just when you brought it up, then just just it's it's something that I've um something that I've always wanted like thought about looking yeah, up that, and I've never actually got around to. <laughs> we well, don't need to. You have a, a live a live Wikipedia, Burnleypedia, um, which is uh, young Dave. You can answer the question anywhere you go. Um, uh, score prediction, please, Adam. And who's going to score? I'm going for two nil to Burnley. Uh, Vidra brace because he's in my fantasy team, Ooh. of course. Uh, think we'll bully them off the park like we did at Turf. Uh, they have some key injuries at the moment with Jimenez, Neves, and Neto out. Uh, and under Dyche, we always manage to pull it off when you least expect it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like during during the eighteen nineteen season, I thought we were gone. After seven games this year, I thought we were gone. And um, there's quite a few negative thoughts around. Um, so yeah, I think. Uh, I think we'll uh, do the business on on uh, Sunday. That's a good. That's a good choice. So go on, Dave. Are you gonna? Are you gonna actually be positive? Are you gonna give us a draw? How are you feeling? 
I'm, I think it's going to be a draw. I, I think oh, it's going to be cagey. I don't. I don't think. We, I don't think we're going to go and and do. I'd, I'd love us to go and do a three 0 win, but I don't think we will. Um, I think a point away would be a good result for us. It just kind of edges us away. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pre- predicting a one-one draw. Uh, Chris Wood to score with his um, left foot. Ah, oh, love it. Um, I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I share Adam's view. I think we will at least go 2-0 up. Um, but I just I feel like we won't keep a clean sheet. I feel like there's going to be a nervy ending because there always is. So I'm going to say um, Ben Mee and Good Munson. And I, yeah, 2-1. Excellent stuff. Well, listeners, do let us know what your score prediction is, please. You can tweet us at known and ever, or you can email us at podcast at knownandever.net. We want a score, scorers, and how they scored, please. You don't get away with um, just giving us score predictions. We want some detail from you, please. Um, what's the injury news like, Dave? Have we got any anybody out or anybody coming back that we need to think about? Is it just the three, Pope, Brady and Barnes? Are they the only doubts? Again, we're recording this prior to press conferences. We don't know for certain. We suspect that uh, Robbie Brady and Ashley Barnes are still going to be out. Um, Nick Pope, I think they hinted last week, would be probably back this week. He was They didn't risk him against Manchester United, um, but I think he will probably be back. Um, Wolves, as um, Adam mentioned, have a lot more injury problems than uh, we do at the moment. Quite a lot of uh, attacking players out, so it might be a, a good time to play them from that perspective. Good stuff, good stuff. Fantasy Premier League update. Right, well, let's move on. Um, As we said at the beginning of the show, we do not have um, a Fantasy Premier League update for you this week because we are still in the middle of game week 32 um, and we have no idea what's going on. So you're going to have to get an update last week. So instead... Well, this is why we invited Adam. Um, Adam, you're currently in our top 10 managers. You are in the hunt for... Um, the title. So why don't you just kick us off by letting our listeners know what your manager name is um, and just effectively just some very brief details about how you approach the season. So my uh, fantasy name is Do or Die, uh, a play on Do or Die. Uh, it's the best I could come up with and um, it's been my name for a few few years now. Love it. Um, been playing FPL for over 10 years. Uh, I think you learn something new every year, uh, but a good thing that I've found to do is just uh, if you f- get the basics right um, and learn and find out all the um, all the information that you need to know, um, then that gives you a good chance. Um, good tip is uh, following a few people on Twitter. Um, everything injuries and press conferences related, it's Ben Dinnery for fixtures and um, like fixture changes around blank and double game weeks, which is imperative when planning. It's Ben Krellin. And uh, for good general FPL advice, ironically, it's at FPL General. Uh, he has a good podcast um, that's uh, available for free every um, every Wednesday that I like to listen to and just give some really good general advice and um, good for long-term planning as well. I always like to have a plan for uh, for which teams have good fixtures coming up. And on the other side, who has a tough run? I keep an eye on price changes as well, because um, although I'll base my long-term transfer plan on, um, on which teams have the best fixtures, when it gets within a week or two, I start eyeing up which players I'd want from those teams. 
and um, and price changes can be key, and that's driven by how many transfers in or out um, other players make uh, at any one time can uh, make a player's price go up or down. So try not to get caught short on that. And even even with all those things, uh, things can still go wrong. Um, I've had a couple of examples over the years where I've transferred out uh, Aguero um, only for him to go on and score a hat-trick against Chelsea and Aubameyang get injured in the pre-match warm-up against Huddersfield. Um, so, yeah, um, nothing, it doesn't make you bulletproof, but it definitely helps. Um, I've been looking at Dave and Natalie's teams. Uh, Dave, I've noticed that you've got some points coming off the bench this week. Uh, yeah, I had uh, Melier on the bench, didn't I, for uh, Nick Pope and also uh, Tarky as well. I've noticed that you've not played your wild card in the first half of the season, so obviously confident that you could um, you could get through without uh, using that chip. I, I, that was one thing that I didn't re- really uh, grasp to begin with. I know I've, I've got one left to use, which I'm kind of toying with the idea of using it now, but I think back then at the start, I wasn't really up to it, knowing about using the wild card. So I think uh, that'll be something to improve on for next season. So a wild card is when you can make as many transfers as you want uh, without it costing you points. Um, so for you, um, Dave, I think um, you should wild card as soon as possible. Um and then bench boost um, for game week thirty five when there's quite a few double game weeks going to be um, going to be around, uh, and like I said, target the teams with good fixtures. Um, I think you've got the potential to be a really good uh, FPL player with all the um, attention to detail and stats. Um, and then Natalie, um, I think you need to wildcard as soon as possible. Um, based on uh, your performance so far, Ooh. the top uh, top two hundred still in sight, um, and then you've still got your free hit available as well. Um, I don't know what they, I don't know what they are for, for for anyone else who's got the free hit. Any potential uh, turbulence caused by um, fans being let in uh, to the stadiums for the last two weeks? We don't know what's that what that's going to do to the fixtures yet. Uh, I think for you, Natalie, it's probably all about planning for next season. <laughs> There is a lot of hard work involved in this. But everybody we get on who talks through how to be successful FPL player, they, they talk about all these things that you and I'm like, I barely remember to log on. Like producer Matt and Dave send me texts around Thursday time and say, like, Bromley, you've got T minus one hour to change your team. And I'm like, oh, damn, I don't even know what my login is. And yeah, I'm not good. But next season, I'm going to I'm gonna try really hard next season. I think, Dave, this season I've done better than I did last season. I'm sure of it. I'm sure I've got more points. Maybe. I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure I have. Mm, he's not playing, is he? Um, so before we before we move on then, Adam, what's your top tip for, we said this with our reigning champ from, from last season. What was, what's your top tip? If you can give your, if you, you can give everybody one piece of advice for the whole FPL season, what do you give them? Um, top tip, I'd say if you've had a bad game week, don't react too hastily and make angry transfers Ooh. on the back of it. Um, and then as another one is, despite everything I've said about uh, looking at all the detail, um, if you've got a hunch, then just go for it because there's got to be an element of fun um, in uh, involved. 
Uh, well, best of luck in the running, Adam. Um, it would be absolutely awesome if we could have you on um, either at the end of this season or at the start of next season to crown you as our champion. It does come with a prize. I'd producer Matt sorts it out. I don't know what it is. I used to say it was a non and ever sticker, but I think it's something better than that. Um, we do have a budget for a prize. So I would love to crown you as a winner. That would be absolutely superb. You know, there's, there's there might be a chance I might overtake you and just nick it in there in, in the last year. You never know. But, um, but if not, yeah, we'll... Uh... <laughs> Don't laugh at me. The pair of them are laughing at me, listeners. I can see them on screen. We're on video and they're absolutely wetting themselves at me. Um, I take it back. I hope you don't. I don't really. No, thank you for those tips, Adam. And uh, if any of our other top 10 managers are listening to this, then pull your socks up because Adam's doing his homework and he is going to beat you. Um, finally, on the FPL then, Dave, uh, the, the final feature before we wrap up for the week. And that is, of course, the opposition three to watch where you pick three players from our team at the weekend who we need to keep an eye on based on their fantasy Premier League points. Who have you picked this week? Uh, well, it's not who I pick, it's who who they are based on the points. So uh, I don't have a choice in it. Oh, yeah, but the true, top three are uh, Pedro Neto's got 124 points. Uh, Rui Patricio's got 121, so he's three points behind. And Connor Cody is Wolves' third highest point scorer overall for the season to date with 99. Now, we'd expect uh, the last two of those three uh, to be playing in the starting 11 on Sunday. We've not heard the press conferences yet, but they've uh, their regulars in the team. Uh, Neto's currently uh, sidelined with a knee injury, so probably just two of those three are going to be facing us on uh, Sunday afternoon. Good stuff. Well, when are, when are our listeners going to get a new FPL update then, please, Dave? When is it going to be next week? Uh, well, yeah, we'll be able to do a double one next week. So we'll have, a, obviously, Ooh. a league table update. But then I've looked at the fixtures and they finish, I think, on the Monday. So we'll have plenty of time before we record for the West Ham United preview. Uh, they're obviously playing at Turf Moor in the game after. When we do that preview show, we'll do um, a double update from the um, Kings of Game Week 32 and 33 and then we'll also give um, a league table update and see who's uh, who's at the top as we approach squeaky bum time oh, exciting I love this part of the season Statman Dave's quiz question um Excellent. Right. Well, let's let's wrap up then. We've got a small match of a quiz question before we move to any other business and let everybody go. What have you set our listeners for this week, please, Dave? Uh, well, this week's quiz question relates to red cards. Um, we did mention earlier in the previous show that Michael Duff had been sent off in a match at Wolves in 2013. Uh, but we want to know uh, there were three other Burnley players who've been sent off in matches at Wolves since 2000. How many of the three can you name? And obviously, uh, very good if you can name all three of them. That's a tough question. Certainly not by the end of the recording. I don't think I'd be able to name one. I'm definitely not going to get three. That's a that's a tough question. Well, how do our listeners submit their answers, please, Dave? Uh, well, yeah, get in touch if you do um, if you do know the answers to to, to the question. Uh, use any of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. Uh, so no one can see your answer. That's at no name ever. Email us. Uh, podcast at net, or you can reply to the post for this preview show on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube and we will reveal all the correct answers at the start of the next preview show. Good stuff. Any other business, Dave? Have we got any community news or fixture changes or anything that we need to set out? Uh, just fixture changes, really. Um, Adam mentioned it earlier. We now know our next two games after this one are both now uh, Monday evening fixtures. They've both been moved to the Monday. Uh, so that's uh, West Ham on the 3rd of May is a 8.15 kickoff. 
that's home game. And then the match at Fulham, uh, that's an 8 o'clock kickoff the following Monday the 10th. Uh, that does also mean that the Leeds game is going to move. They've not announced it yet, but that was originally scheduled for midweek the 11th, Tuesday the 11th. So there's no way they'll play it the day after Fulham. Uh, that's going to be moved probably to the Thursday, I would have thought. Um, and then for the other two remaining games, we have only got five games uh, left this season. Um, so we do play uh, the Merseyside Reds, uh, sorry, uh, Liverpool, that is, um, on uh, originally set for the Saturday the 15th of May. Um, but that match, we think, is going to be moved possibly for uh, fans to be allowed into grounds for the last two matches. So uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. I think there'll be an announcement maybe in the next week or two as to what's going to happen with that. Excellent stuff. Well, that is only uh, that's all we've got time for then this week. Um, as ever, we extend our thanks to everybody who's contributed to the preview show this week. Um, to Stu Hall from the Wolves Fancast providing others an opposition view. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. Um, to special guest Adam, who is obviously one of our top 10 FPL managers, for joining us this week and giving us all of those amazing hints and tips. It's been a real pleasure having him on the show. Um, and to producer Matt for knitting it all together and getting it out there. My best thanks are saved to the end to, of course, Statman Dave, Dave Roberts, who puts in a phenomenal amount of time and effort to get this show up and done. Uh, thank you, Dave. It's been a real pleasure this week and I've enjoyed it immensely. Um, final thanks go to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this podcast. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, we will be back probably Tuesday of next week to give um, immediate reaction and analysis to that game ahead um, away at Wolves. And then Dave and I will be back for the preview show probably next week where we will be. Uh, who are we previewing next, Dave? We'll be, that will be our full of... West Ham. Oh, West Ham, of course. It is West Ham, God. Um, West yeah, Ham. so we will. So, um, Adam, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And uh, just say you're... Um, Thoughts on um, on the European Super League earlier in the week were bang on. I thought that were great. Excellent stuff. Um, in the meantime, everybody, do stay safe. Um, make sure that you are socialising out and about. Take care of yourselves. If anybody's struggling at any time and wants to have a friendly chat, you know where we are. The none and ever lines are always open. Um, you can tweet us. You can send us an email if you want to be pen pals. We're always happy to talk all things Burnley or just have a general chat over a cup of tea. So do not be alone. Do get in touch if you need us. Um, I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.